Thanks for joining us for the Fight for Your Marriage podcast with Charlene Steinkamp. This is a place where you can find hope for your marriage through Jesus Christ. God's grace is sufficient. God's grace is sufficient for everything that we go through. And I want you to know that we have a high priest that's our intercessor, that is our high priest that is praying for us all the time. Do you know who that is? Jesus. And we've got to understand that Jesus is always never breaks, never takes to go to bed, and he is always at the right hand of God the Father. And it says in many different places in the Bible that he is interceding for his children, you, me. And we need to understand that when we feel that we can't, we don't know what to do, we're in a crisis. What Lori said several minutes ago, which maybe you weren't here, was cry out, Jesus. Jesus, help me. Jesus, what do I do? Jesus, rescue me. Jesus, what way do I turn? What is the answer? We need to understand the Lord Jesus died on that cross, paid the price, and he is right there on the side of the Heavenly Father, and he is our intercessor. You know, you may say, I don't have a prayer partner. And we've got to open our eyes to say, we have Jesus interceding for us. What greater prayer partner could we have? Is that not right? We've got to get out of that self-pity that the devil puts on us. We need to open our eyes, our ears, and soften our heart. And we have got to come to the point that we are going to be victorious standards, that we are going to radiate the Lord Jesus Christ. We are going to smile at work. We're going to tell them what God has done. And we are going to not have an up and down a EKG of a trials and tribulations that we want to say to them, I can, uh, I'm glad I don't want to become a Christian. You know, we don't want to do that. We want to say, pray, and God moves. And we may have to stand and wait for a period of time. But it may be because we are not changing enough, or we are being, have bad habits. It may be for multiple reasons. But will you trust the Lord? And say, Lord, your timing is perfect, and I am going to stop complaining and grumbling like the Israelites. Now, if you don't know the Bible, you may not know who they are. And if you're a brand new Christian, you're excused. But the Israelites went around and around and around for 40 years. And God was so good that their clothes and shoes never wore out. But they were disobedient, and they grumbled, and they complained. And how many times Moses repented and repented and repented, and God says, you know, I'm just going to kill them all. You know, I mean, I'm just, you know, they, they, they don't get it. 
What would Jesus, if he came to be the teacher tonight, when Holy Spirit came, what would he say to us? What would he say to us if he went room by room and bedroom by bedroom or wherever in an in a office building and just say, I'll talk to you one at a time. I'll give you 15 minutes. And he goes one by one up and down the rows. What would he say to us? You're doing good. You're standing in faith. Stand firm. Don't give up. You're on the right road. Or would he say, what are you doing? Are you not reading the word? You know, we all make mistakes. I was the one chasing my husband with the other woman, trying to kill them probably. I didn't know what I was going to do when I found them, but and that was on Mother's Day. I ruined uh, my on Saturday, actually, the day before Mother's Day. I ruined my mother's, mother-in-law's Mother's Day because well, I lived right close to them. And I, so I know that you can be a Christian and be totally blinded by the enemy because we've taken a detour road. But the Lord brought me back to my senses that night when I sat in the chair crying out, Lord, forgive me for divorcing Bob. Now look at this. Now look what I've got. And now it's worse now than ever. And I love him and I want him home, but now he won't forgive me. You know? And you know what Bob, the Lord said? We got to start. He said, you've got to start at the beginning and start studying the Bible and start reading the word and start knowing what you need to do. Hebrews 4, 15, and 16. Let us then approach God's throne of grace with confidence so that we may receive mercy and find grace to help us in our time of need. Hebrews 4, 15, and 16. So I want you to really understand what that is saying. We're, we need to approach God's throne of grace with confidence. And that is the word I'm going to use tonight. I pray you will take all your doubt, your fear, your unbelief, and I pray you will start and choose to walk in faith, hope, but put the word confidence. That you're going to trust the Lord like never before. And that he is going to show us that he is going to guide us and, and um, uh, verse 15, I didn't read because we are only doing 16. But it says, For we do not have a high priest who is unable to sympathize with our weaknesses, but we have one who has been tempted in every way, just as we are, yet was without sin. So let us then approach the throne of grace with confidence so that we may receive mercy and find grace to help us in our time of need. How and what two awesome scriptures. You can memorize maybe verse 15 on top of that, but it's very, very good. Matthew 17, I'm going to take you to, talks about um, Jesus. And when he would, Jesus, when you read the Gospels, it will just increase your faith because you see all that he did for all the people. And he was constantly teaching the disciples so that they would be ready, which they did not understand yet, 
that he was going to die on the cross and then they were going to take over and be the apostles and, and be the disciples going out in Acts. That's all of Acts is where they went. But you know what they did first? They had to pray and wait for the Holy Spirit to come upon them, wait for the empowerment. So in Hebrews 17, it, I'm going to tell you a short story, and it starts with verse 14. But there was a crowd, and Jesus knelt, um, was, was there kneeling and talking to them. But this man says, Lord, have mercy on my son. He has seizures and is suffering greatly. He often falls into the fire or in the water, and, or, and I brought him to your disciples. Verse 16, but they could not heal him. Now, that is not in very, many, um, in very many scriptures that it says that, but it says they could not heal him. And Jesus' response was, O oh, unbelieving and perverse generation, how long shall I stay with you? How long shall I put up with you? He's not very polite with his disciples. Bring the boy here to me. And Jesus rebuked the demon, and it came out of the boy, and he was healed from that moment. Then the disciples came to Jesus in private and asked, Why would, could we not drive it out? And he, this is his answer, and this is a warning for us. Because you have so little faith. I tell you the truth, if you have faith as small as a mustard seed, you can say to this mountain, move from here to there, and it will move. Nothing will be impossible for you. That's a mighty scripture. You know, I've taught about the mustard seed frequently. Imagine that he's telling us what are we low in? What don't we have much of? All right, you got it. Okay, we need to ask the Lord, increase my faith, you know, and, and it says... Um, in the other, it's written in another place um, that he's the, the same story is in more detail in Mark 9. So I'm going to go to Mark 9. If you want to, you just write it down. The scriptures I'm going to be flipping to tonight. But um, Mark 9, it says, and I wanted to get the point to you. So nine, it's Mark 9, 14 to 29. And it says, immediately the father and the child cried out and said, I believe how my unbelief. And that's what we need to say, Lord, get rid of my unbelief. Get rid of it. Move it completely. And that is a prayer that we need to pray. We can pray, remove all my unbelief, remove my doubt, remove my guilt, my shame. Whatever you're battling, whatever lies the enemy is speaking Ask the Lord to remove them in the name of Jesus. You know, the Lord has, I'm sure, given you many special scriptures, and you can personalize them. You know, I, this week, have been reading and studying, and I came over three different devotionals with Ephesians 3.20. And I said, wow, you must want me to have faith or believe in this scripture. And it's one that I love anyway, but I thought I would share it to you for you also because he gave it to me three times. I figured he wants to share it with me to share it to you also. Ephesians 3.20, you may already know it. Now to him who is able to do immeasurably more than all we can ask or imagine according to his power 
that is at work within us. We've got to believe. We must believe. I had a flashing, I had a great big Christmas last year, had a big sign, believe. Because we need to touch our hearts to say, I choose to believe in the power of my Lord Jesus Christ. I choose to believe in the mighty power of God who created the heavens and the earth. I believe in the power of the Holy Spirit that God sent us afterwards. We are never alone. We need to believe. You're on a spiritual journey. Where are you? Are you at the mile marker one? Or are you at mile marker 400? Where are you? We need to get serious about standing, and we need to say, I want my husband home. I want my family restored. I want my brothers, my sisters, and loved ones saved and filled with the Holy Spirit. We want that. So we need to become a student of the word, and we have to make a commitment to spend time with the Lord. Are you praising the Lord? Or are you have anger and bitterness and stuffing that anger, bitterness, and hatred uh, in, down into our hearts? So many of our people um, have doubt and unbelief, but they also have anger. Anger against the other person. You know, one person you can tonight choose to forgive and repent tonight of having that unforgiveness is that other person. That other person is being used by the enemy to be a pawn in this mess that they have. But it does not mean that God didn't die for her or him for them to come to know the Lord Jesus Christ. Does that make sense? You know, you can pray for her. There is, you know, there may be a mother or father or grandparent praying for that person to come and leave that situation. And so you can agree with them and you can be praying for them because most of the people that, are, that have gone into this, that that's not God's will. We know it's not God's will. So we need to pray that they get saved and they will be obedient and sever, cut, and destroy all the ungodly relationships that you or your wife or your kids are having. Ask God to destroy all the ungodly relationships and sever and cut and destroy all the soul ties that they have had with anybody, even when they were a teenager. We don't want any of that. We want to sever, cut, and destroy every and all things that there is nothing blocking them coming back home to you and your family. We need to say, I need to radiate the Lord Jesus Christ, and I don't want to fight with the other person. We need to say, I know when Bob called me and said, um, she needs to talk to you. I've got her. And I did not know she was on the phone three-way, by the way. Did not know that. Thank God I didn't scream, holler, and yell at him. But I listened, and he said, I need you to meet with so-and-so because uh, her husband's keeping the kids because of me, and she, can't, and she wants the kids. And I don't know of anybody better that could pray for her than you. <laughs> Hallelujah. He knew I was a prayer warrior. And you know what? You need to be identified as that also. You need to be identified. 
that if you have marriage problems or, or your husband gets sick or your wife gets sick, they are going to pick up the phone and not call anybody else but you to say, I need you to pray. That is your goal. That is your goal that then when they have problems, they're going to pick up that phone and say, I need you to pray for me. Now, they're not going to like when you say you're praying for them, but when they get in trouble, they will want your prayers. And Bob wanted my prayers, and except he was up in north, and she was where I lived, and so we met at church. I can't think of a better place to meet. And my son was 16 years old, and the sound man, as he is right in the back, and, and they were, he was doing the sound for a Southern Gospel music, and all of a sudden, you know, um, I said, yeah, I'm busy tonight. It's Sunday night, so Tim is going to the other church, so we're going there. Uh, here's the church address, and I'll meet her there. Well, we did, and remember when it says hug and, and say uh, kind things to the persons next to you? I got to hug her! I prayed, oh, Lord, touch her and prepare her to, to listen to my, what I feel you want me to do. What am I supposed to do? And I mean, I prayed all the way down. And Tim said, I don't think this was the place to do it. And, and some of the people said, I, it's like bringing the devil into the church. I said, I know she needs to be saved, so that's a good place to be. But I am telling you, be ready. Be ready to pray. Do not say, I don't want to pray for so-and-so. You want to pray for the drug addict. You want to pray for the ones that have got the gun facing at you. You want to pray for everybody. There is not a soul we don't want to pray for, do we? That night, I was able to share my testimony with her. Um, now, number one, she wanted to leave. I prayed with her at church. And I said, please, let's go to Denny's. And it's right close by, and I need to talk to you. I really don't want to talk to you. I said, you don't have your kids. You've got nothing else to do, so let's go over there, and we'll pray more. So I went over there, and I said, let me just share my testimony. Let me share you what I did. Now, I, she got told my husband that I was crazy. You know, I was uh, out of my mind, that I was dreaming that he was ever coming back home. But the point is... I got to share my testimony of my mistakes and what God has done for me and how he changed my life. And I got to say, guess what? You're not the enemy. You're just the person. Satan's out to steal and kill and destroy your marriage. And you know what? I'm praying for you and your husband and your kids as I'm praying for mine and for others. And I said, so we're going to pray one more time that your husband will bring the kids home tonight. And we ended up at the end. And you know what? The husband brought the kids home that night. So to, that showed her God answers prayer. But it also showed that I told her, you're not the enemy. And I know you're planning a wedding with my husband. And I will be telling you, I will be waiting till uh, I'm in the 80 years old and you may get divorced and get in third and fourth marriage with other people, but my husband is coming home sometime. God is, I believe and stand on the promises of God. And so what we got to do is we need to not, we need to be joyful. We need to be ready to radiate the Lord Jesus Christ. We are an example to people we do not know all day long that are 
are looking at us. And we need to understand that. Turn to 1 Thessalonians chapter 5, please. If you want to or write it down, you don't need to go to all of these. I will just going to read them to you. 1 Thessalonians is a scripture that I have taught on. God gave it to me from my pastor when I went in afterwards and repented for divorcing my husband and said, now I want my marriage restored. And he gave me, well, I wanted him to give me some huge theological something. And he goes, I feel like God has given me one scripture for you. And uh, he said, and it's verse Verse Thessalonians 5, 16, and I'm going all the way to 24. And it says, be joyful always. He said, you need to get, notify your face that you're, you're happy and you're standing and fighting for your marriage to be restored. You are walking in depression and you are not notifying your, anybody that you are joyful, that you're a believer. So it says, pray continually. How, how long is that? How much is that? That means all the time. It means those, that when you're doing your dishes and you're putting them in the dishwasher, you say a short prayer. It means to be creative. I know that you may think I'm crazy about this, about praying, but I talk to God and to the Lord and the Holy Spirit all the time. I mean, I, I, I do other things. I'm busy with kids and everything else, but it's amazing and in 15 seconds what you can say. And I think we need to notify the Lord. Lord, I don't know what to do about this. I don't know how to pay this bill. Please help me. Show me. Which way do I turn? Which way do I turn? Left or right? Lord, I've lost a paper that I need at work. Lord, will you help me find it? Lord, I need a, 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 pay, I need a pay increase. I cannot even pay the bills. I put your um, bills in the Bible and say, Lord, you are my provider, Jehovah Jireh. Will you help me meet all my bills to be paid? And go on and on and just, just don't limit the prayer time of a half an hour to be your relationship with the Lord. It is a relationship. It's a fellowship. It's a close time with him. So anyway, pray continually. Give thanks in all circumstances. May I read that again? Give thanks in all circumstances for this is God's will for you in Christ Jesus. That means he understands right where you are now, and he wants you to thank him that though you cannot see a child being healed, though you cannot see a husband being um, going through bypass surgery, even though your uh, husband, your um, uh, brother-in-law is on a ventilator, you give thanks that God is in control and he is in the midst of this. And even if somebody was to die, as Bob did, he went to heaven and he was ready to meet the Lord. And there was, we were, it was a celebration at that time when we knew what was happening. Do not put out the Spirit's fire. Do not treat prophecy with contempt. Test everything. Hold on to the good. Avoid every kind of evil. May God himself, the God of peace. Do you feel the peace of God? Ask God. The Holy Spirit wants you to have peace in your life, in your marriage, and, and have the peace of God upon you. And it says, sanctify you through and through. May your whole spirit, soul, and body, that's everything, guys, be kept blameless at the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ. The one who calls you is faithful, and he will do it. 
That is so many promises, so many nuggets of gold in just 1 Thessalonians 5, 16 to 24. Dissect it. Look up. I have in my Bible a concordance in the middle of it and a reference Bible where it gives you the references to those words and you can look up additional scriptures. I love my reference Bible because you can look up more scriptures and grow in the Lord and that's what we need to do. And uh, one of them says, do not quench the Holy Spirit. Are we quenching the Holy Spirit by our attitude, our behavior? We don't want to, do we? When we read this, it makes you aware that, Lord, we need to say, Lord, forgive me of my anger, my bitterness. Forgive me of my hopelessness. I believe you can do anything. And remember, remember David and Goliath. Goliath was a big enemy. You have a big enemy. It's divorce. It may be separation. It may be adultery. It may be any number of things. But remember David. He was a young lad, a boy, who was a, the shepherd. And, you know, he wanted, they wanted to put on the armor on David to fight this Goliath. But he didn't. And I didn't look this up today because this is a freebie. But it said, David said to Saul, I know what my God can do. He protects me out in the, in the fields. I killed the bears and the lions. I am not afraid of that Goliath, who's nine feet tall. And he took his slingshot, what he had in the, always had for his weapons, and he used it, and used it and killed Goliath. And he cut off his head. Your Goliath is not an enemy that you cannot destroy. It is the Holy Spirit is going to empower you to say, your enemy, let God take care of it. But you need to understand that God is greater, and it's a spiritual battle. Remember Job. Remember in the first chapter all that, how great he was. He was blameless, living a Christ-like life. But Satan came around to and fro, and said, I bet if I destroy his family, I bet if I take his money, I bet if I even touch his body in chapter 2, he will not, he will curse you. But he never did. And if you go to chapter 1 and 2 in Job, but go to 42 and see the blessings and how even though everybody was negative to him, all his friends telling him, what did you do wrong? It wasn't what he did wrong. It was God allowed it to turn and to show other people what he could do. God had to put Job through testing. You're going through trials and testings. It's not necessarily always what you have done. Are you walking in unforgiveness? We need to know that we got to get rid of it. In Romans 8.28, you may know it, but there's a lot of new people. And we know that in all things, God works for the good of those who love him, who have been called according to his purpose. What then, in verse 31, what then, we shall say in response to this, these things, if God is for us, who can be against us? Will you believe that tonight when you leave here? Romans 8, 28, 31, and then 37. No, in all of these things, we are more than conquerors 
more than conquerors through him who loved us. Are you willing to trust the Lord completely for everything? That's where we got to sell out to. We must trust the Lord and don't under, we may not understand everything, but we must trust the Lord. And that is where we need to understand is that we will say, I trust you totally for my whole life and my whole future. I trust you totally, Lord, completely. Are you ready to write that down and pray that and surrender and do that? And not think of an escape clause to where you can go on with your life. God knows your age. God knows your circumstances. God knows everything. But we're going to pray all day long is to speak to my wife, speak to my husband, bring me to their memory all the time. Well, my question is, do you believe in God's amazing grace? God's amazing grace is God's unmerited favor. It's God forgiving mercy and compassion. It's eternal life. We need to understand that um, God's amazing grace is all abundant. Imagine God's amazing grace. All sufficient. It's glorious. It's great. It's rich and undeserved in my concordance. It says all those words. Can you imagine that we have God's amazing grace living in us? When we accept Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior, he's planted a seed and we've got the Holy Spirit living in us and God's uh, grace in fact, it says there's an incorruptible seed living in us in one of the scriptures. My challenge is to you, read Ephesians and know who you are in Christ that you can walk out and when you come back or next week, you have got faith, hope, and trust that you are radiating victory. And somebody is going to say, what has happened to you? And the Lord has spoken and filled you up with faith, hope, and trust. And you are not defeated and depressed and give up. The devil wants you to. But the Lord wants you to rise up and know who you are in Christ. He wants that you to live and act and believe who you are in that sphere, that domain of knowing Jesus Christ. God's grace, 2 Corinthians 12, 9 says, when Paul was going through all the trials and he had a thorn, the Lord, he pleaded three times, take it out, remove it. And he said, my grace is sufficient for you, for my power is made perfect in weakness. And you know what? How many times are we saying, please, Lord, please, Lord, remove this, remove this, remove this? And the Lord is saying, my grace is sufficient. And, and read uh, 2 Corinthians 12, 9 and the whole area of that. Because he is wanting you to understand he has not left. Do you believe in God's faithfulness every day? Are you asking him to get rid of your bad habits? Ask him to remove them in the name of Jesus. Remove your doubt, your fear, and unbelief. But instead, fill you up with reviving and rebuilding 
restoring your marriage on the solid rock of Jesus Christ. In 1 Corinthians 16, 13 and 14, is my closing scripture. Be on your guard. Stand firm in the faith. Be courageous, as Lori said earlier. Be strong and do everything in love. 1 Corinthians 16, 13, 14. Be on your guard. The devil's out, roaring back to and fro. But stand firm in the faith. Be courageous. Be a warrior. Be strong. And do everything in love. Lord, we just thank you for tonight. We thank you for the people that are listened on this. And Lord, we thank you for the people in this room. Lord, we give you the praise, we give you the glory and honor of your word. Your word is so powerful. And when we read it, not just in one chapter, but we read it topically by grace and praying, we believe and we can see your message so strongly of our responsibility to what we need to do in living a Christ-like life. Lord, help us to change us first. Help us to not live like the rest of the world is living. Help us not watch the TV shows or the other shows that are not Christ-like. Help us to put um, a, a, um, a screen to cover our eyes of the wickedness and the evil that's going on. And may we not speak about it and, and tell all the bad about our spouses, but may we cover their nakedness. May we be blameless, and may we know that when they come home, they will not have to be embarrassed and mortified of all the details that everybody knows. We want our spouses to come to church with us, go to the altar, and be able to pray and accept Jesus Christ as their Lord and Savior, or repent and rededicate their hearts and their lives to you. Lord, we know that nothing is too hard for you, nothing is impossible, but we must learn the word. We must learn it topically, we must read the chapters, whatever way the Lord tells you to do it, start. Lord, help us be a good student and a doer of the word. Help us be a good example to our children when they study that we do likewise and have time that even they hear us praying for our family. Lord, help us teach our children to pray. Help us to be examples and be doers of the word that when they leave and graduate and go off to college, they will know that they need to pray for everything, that mom and dad are not there right there, their grandma's not right there, but they can know that we're praying for them miles away. Lord, help us teach our children the importance of what the word says. 
Lord, we give you the praise, we give you the glory that you are speaking to all the prodigals around the world. We're praying that you would speak to all the standers and have them repent and turn from their own wicked ways and their own detour roads they've gone on. And may you bring the stander back on track and may they stand firm in the Lord and put on the armor of God the hedge of protection, the blood of Jesus over their family each and every day. Lord, we give you the praise and the glory for what you're going to teach these men and women as we've offered Roku and the other um, teachings that are available on there. It's, there's no limit to the spiritual growth that all these men and women can have. And that it's, it says our people perish for lack of knowledge, may that not be uh, held against Rejoice Marriage Ministries because we are willing to share and have them learn how to resurrect, restore, and build a healthy, strong marriage and be a lighthouse to others. And we will give you the praise and the glory in Jesus' precious, precious, holy name. Help all these men and women to be um, stirred up and, and willing to take the sacrifice of time and, we, and may you bless them abundantly and get them ready to have their spouses come home suddenly. In Jesus' precious holy name, I pray. Amen. If you're listening to this on Apple Podcasts or Google Play, be sure to subscribe so that you're notified when a new episode is released. And if you enjoyed this podcast and you found it beneficial, will you submit a review so it will help our rankings and other people will be able to find it? If you want to reach out to us, you can do so from our website, Again, www.rejoiceministries.org. Write us and tell us how you enjoyed this podcast. If we can help you in any way, we invite you to visit the website of Rejoice Marriage Ministries at www.rejoiceministries.org. Thanks for joining us today as we proclaim that God heals hurting marriages. Divorce strikes families around the world, often with little notice. You can help us minister to these families with your financial gift. Visit RejoiceMinistries.org and help us teach men and women what Jesus can do for their hurting family.